sets up is to where I can't invite people in, invite our guests in until I've started the broadcast, which is a little bizarre because now I have to try and talk and entertain for the recording session of this for when the people pull back in later and, and download this and wants to hear what's going on. So it's very bizarre. So we're 30 seconds into this. I haven't said a damn thing, but looks like we've got, uh, Hey, hey, Ron, on the line, you might have to go in the other room because where the feedback is going to be brutal. <laughs> so uh, we are doing this super-duper high-tech. We have uh, we have the uh, the Adventure Mobile, uh, Jameson, the Class A motorhome, and he is still getting – so we'll just close this here. This is uh, as professional as I think it gets, for sure, without a doubt. There we go. I think we're good, though. Anyway, hey, everybody, what's going on? Welcome, one and all, to uh, another exciting episode of Midlife Sporting Crisis. I'm your host, TJ Hollingsworth, and joining me is... Aaron from the uh, Adventure Mobile in the, uh, let's see, the uh, back wing of the Adventure Mobile. There you go. So what we had to do is we're, we're, we're using the, uh, the Podbean app to uh, do this particular live stream, and to make that happen... Uh, uh, you jump on your headphones and you do your thing, but we also happen to be in the same location, which is my motorhome right now, simply because of the fact that there's no dogs in here barking and it's air conditioned right here in central Indiana right now. It's uh, it's still hot and sticky and just pretty awful, but I'll take that over uh, freezing cold temperatures any day. So uh, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, we are waiting. We got a guest who's having a little trouble getting in. And I'm trying to talk. So, Aaron, let's tell everybody real quick while I try to get Logan in on this. Let's let's get everybody caught up on uh, on hockey. Let's talk about the beer league hockey weekend. Got to play two this week. Oh man, I had planned on playing one. Uh, my game started at I believe was six fifteen. Yes, like that. we were. Yeah, we were the second game. And I am one of those people that. I like to get there early. Um, everybody knows when I'm there early because I bring this uh, speaker with me and, uh, of course, max the speaker out in the locker room. And uh, Yeah, which I can some, tell you everybody just absolutely loves. I, I'm sure they do. I, I play some, you know, <laughs> I'm not a death metal kind of guy, but I'm a, uh, a disturbed, a uh, saving able, um, you know, a progressive hard rock kind of person it gets my head right i like to drink my energy drink and and get just charged up like like ready crazy as do my stretches all the all the things to get your head right for the game of course it's d league so you got to do that you know you got to be right yeah, we, in we, the we, moment we should probably talk about that in private <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i like to might, might be getting a little too worked up but that we'll talk about that another that's a private conversation <laughs> yeah you know, you know you have your your uh, energy bar and your, your protein bar your energy drink you're in the moment and you got your skates on and then then it's time to play and you head out well this week i got there early and was told Hey, we need uh, we we need some people to play the early game. We don't have enough players, and I was like, but but I uh, I don't have my I'm not ready. I don't have my stuff. I haven't stretched. I haven't, and uh, put my stuff on. And you know, I'd rather I'd rather go out there unprepared than not be able to play. You know, because there wasn't enough players when I was right. there. So, 
So I threw my stuff on and, you know, chugged my energy drink. Of course, I actually think I chugged it on the bench, which that was probably not a good idea. But uh, anyways, got out there and within the uh, – so I played on the white team for the first period of the, the game. And TJ happened to be on the opposing team, on the black team. And uh, within the first five minutes of the game, there's a great video of TJ just wrecking my my face shield, my little barb thing that goes over on your helmet, uh, with the puck right to the face and then uh, drops on the ice, and, and we kind of battled for it. It was kind of fun. And then uh, – so that was the first highlight of the game for me. And then uh, let's see. Well, due to the expansion draft, uh, I got traded to the black team for the second two periods where then me and TJ played on the on the same team. And we we did all right. TJ's got a goal. I did not. Uh, I played 85%. Oh, you're breaking up. Oh, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. And uh, uh-oh. So... Anyways, I played, uh, I think I did about 85%. The other 15%, I seem to be offsides. Yeah, so, you, you are still struggling with that here, halfway, almost done with your second full season. I'm not sure, not sure what we need to do to correct that. I don't know if we need to get a shot caller or or, or what the deal is. <laughs> yeah, that, For that anybody that doesn't know what offsides in hockey is, if you've seen a hockey rink, you've got a red line that runs right down the middle of the ice and separates the two halves. That's called that's, that's the red line. Uh Either side of that, you've got a blue line, and that marks where the offensive zone is if you're heading that direction. Without getting too deep into the woods, uh, before you can go into the – you know, cross the blue line, the puck has to go first. Even if you have the puck, puck has got to be out in front of you across the line before a player goes in. And uh, unfortunately, it's, it's really one of the only sports that I would say the big three, baseball, basketball, football – uh, soccer's gotten offsides. I don't know what it is. I, I have no, no clue, but in this case, uh, it's really easy if you're not paying attention or not conscious of it to, uh, be on the other side of the blue line, wait for somebody to pass it to you, but they can't because the minute that puck crosses in there and you touch it offsides and the face off goes all the way down to the other end. And so now instead of a scoring opportunity, you're now playing defense. So yeah, it gets pretty frustrating too, when somebody's on a big drive and they, They've got an open line to the net, and they're skating in. They do a little one-on-one with the goaltender, but that whistle goes off because somebody was all sides and wasn't paying attention. Yeah, that's that's a little frustrating. <laughs> yeah, and that happens to be me most of the time. <laughs> that is that 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 is. There's a couple others. It it, it still happens in the pro game, and when, when guys are going, and uh, usually what will happen is somebody kind of gets tripped up. The puck carrier gets tripped up or has to has to change directions before they get to the blue line, and uh, all the other guys took off. Um, anyway, uh, hang on. I, I, we got Logan here who's just who is struggling with the app. You got right in, but he's not having it. So I'm just going to tell him I will do it another time. Hang on. Here we go. We'll do so, uh, it. So that game finished up, and I do believe that we lost that game. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was only by one point, though. Um, goal, goal. But, you don't have points in hockey, yeah. Aaron. We have goals, buddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoops, one goal. <laughs> so uh, that puts us to our six fifteen game. So uh, 
came in the locker room, did a, did a quick energy bar, and uh, went back out, did the drills. Great drills. Man, our, our coach, I believe his name is Mike. Yeah, Mike. He, man, he is a great coach. He, you know, he, referee at the games. But, man, he, that man does a really great job of, you know, instructing and, and, and kind of not only tells you to play, then he actually kind of shows you the play and has, you know, some of the other more experienced players kind of line up and he demonstrates the play and, and uh, does a great job. I, man, just like I said, I'm blown away by him. I just try to follow along and, and uh, you know, do what he says. And, and then so 6-15 game starts and – now I'm, you know, I'm all worked up, ready to go. So uh, we take off, and and a great video of me knocking somebody down. I didn't actually mean to, but it really looks like I just threw him down on the video. So, but uh, TJ got a goal that game, and uh, I needed some kind of redemption. I, I fortunately, they uh, Mike was good enough. We had a little extra time at the end of our game, so he threw about another three minutes on the uh, on the clock. I didn't notice that until I was back watching the uh, the tape of the game. Yeah, but yeah, he threw a few minutes back on, and yeah, I, man, I that was that was probably the worst hockey game I've played in in a year. I couldn't hold on to a puck to save my life. Yeah, me and you had a great drive coming down. Oh, the you ice did. You, you sent a beautiful pass, and I, then I I couldn't hang on to the puck. I lost the handle on it. No, and. Uh... That's all right, because it's usually me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's well, okay then. <laughs> so that kind of yeah, gets yeah. us up to speed. We 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 had a good game. Got to play two. Uh, burned some monster calories, which is always fun. Which is the the exercise part of it. And I got to tell you, man, it's having a the last two sessions that I played. I played in a in a different league. It's it's a C three league, which is uh, experience wise and probably skill wise a, a step above D. And I got to say, man, since, since I've come back down and started playing uh, with you, Aaron, and, and some of the other folks on our team, just the other people in the league, I'm having so much fun. I am i don't think I'm going to play C3 next session. I think I'm going to stay down here with this same group. I'm just having a blast. Yeah, it's definitely so a much fun. that's for sure. So much fun. But anyway, for those of you who are not interested in hockey, there, we'll just kind of wrap that up <laughs> and kind of kind of move on to some other stuff. Now, um, Aaron, you've got an interesting story, and, and I think that's going to take us down a rabbit hole. So before we do that, I do want to mention, uh, we'd originally intended on having my good friend Logan Miller, uh, who uh, resides now in uh, West Lafayette, Indiana, just up the road here about an hour from where we're, uh, we're recording this podcast. But uh, Aaron is a, uh, a Marine, and he is also an aircraft mechanic, and also happens to be a race driver. He started a uh, Started racing. Uh, I met Air, I met uh, Logan rather uh, four years ago now. I guess it is. With the, the whole COVID thing, really throws off my timeline when I start thinking about you know two, one year, two year, three years back. But uh, met him in a go kart race. We kind of struck up a friendship, and uh, we just kind of kept in touch. He was at the time up in Fort Wayne, and, and I'm, you and I are down here in Central Indiana. Um, anyway. Uh, Logan is, uh, he moved out of go-karts into a sports car class called Formula FST or Formula First. And uh, Formula, anytime you hear Formula in front of a race car, typically that means it's an open wheel, open cockpit. So if you think of something similar, when I say open wheel, I mean like Formula One or IndyCar, there's no fenders or anything over it. And open cockpit, just what it implies, there's no roof or anything like that. So he, uh, he's been racing these Formula First cars. Uh, for a couple of years, he's the one that kind of 
his involvement in that's kind of what motivated me to, to get a car as well. Now, mine's not put together. We've talked about that a gazillion times. I'm not going to bore everybody with that. But anyway, long story short, Logan is going to be racing at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Complex this weekend. And I'm going to be kind of going up to kind of help him out and, and act as a spotter and what have you. And we were going to try and get him on today and just kind of talk a little bit about that and talk about the Marine Corps and some other stuff. But he is having all kinds of problems with the app. So uh, we will get him rescheduled for sure and uh, and talk about that. In fact, I might even we might even just do an impromptu show maybe on a Friday night or Saturday too because uh, I'll, yeah, be, uh, I'll, I'll be taking the motor home. I'll be taking the mobile studio. <laughs> the mobile production studio uh out to uh to mid ohio uh i'll be leaving friday so um hang on a minute I, i'm she's trying trying to get him in here so at least we're talking to him all right that's this is so hard to do i'm not good at multitasking at all that's why i would not be a very good radio dj i don't think <laughs> i could run all the commercials and push all the buttons and all that other silly stuff anyway so, yeah, he's going to be at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Complex. I'm going to be out there with him. Uh, a bunch of the guys I'll be racing with will be there as well. So we might just pile everybody uh, in the motorhome or something on Friday night or Saturday night and uh, do a, a bonus show. We'll, we'll call that a bonus show, and we won't even charge anybody extra for that. I mean, does that sound like a good idea? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Usually you continue the conversation so I don't have to talk for 20 minutes. But, I mean, do, do whatever makes you feel good. All right. <laughs> so, so anyway, let, let's go down this rabbit hole because I think this is just, it, it's in it, one hand, it's funny on the other, on another hand, it's also very frightening uh, that something like this could happen to a person, but it did have kind of a, a comical uh, ending to it and everything and everybody came out of the thing safe and unharmed. But it just goes to show you, man, you can just, I don't care who you are, male or female or, or whatever you want to call yourself, man, you just can't be too careful when you go out anymore. Uh, the reason I'm saying this is, Aaron, you started to share a story, uh, I think a w- last Friday night. Absolutely, about, last uh, Friday About night. getting roofied. Oh, 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 get, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. Logan, are you there? Can you hear me? Hey, you figured Woo! it out. <laughs> hey, yeah. everybody joining us now, the guy I just sat there and told you about for the last five minutes, Logan Miller is on the line. Logan, you you figured the app out. I'm so excited. I did. Uh, technology, you know, sometimes it's just not my forte. I know. It's not a jet engine and all, but it is an iPhone. <laughs> so I, 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 I thought there might be some kind of crossover there, but I'm not sure. We were just, yeah, uh, we were just getting into... It. Okay, that's good. That, that, that's what we're looking for. Probably be a little easier next time. I was just telling everybody that if uh, that we, we might just do this anyway, Logan, if everybody's kind of feeling pretty cool Friday, uh, we might just grab a couple of the guys and just either pile on the motor home or, or, or as it's called for this, for this broadcast, the mobile production studio, uh, we might just pile in here and, and do an impromptu quick show, a live stream or something like that. But uh, I, 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 I want to get back to, to Aaron's story here in a minute. Um, but while I got you on here real quick, man, uh, are, are you all loaded up and ready to go? Just about uh, trailers all loaded. Uh, the next step is to get the non-trailer items uh, staged, which is going to be pretty short and easy to do. So, other than that, man, I'm ready to go. Are, are you on speakerphone? 
no, I have an earbud in. Is, are you getting? Oh, uh, okay. It kind of sounds like you're on speakerphone. So if you could get a little louder, that would be terrific for the folks listening uh, back at home. But anyway, <laughs> okay, I'll do my best. Oh, much better. Hey, that whatever you did right there is much better. So yeah, just okay. just real quick, I, I just told everybody, just kind of give everybody a, a, a really super broad stroke. Tell everybody what a Formula FST car is, and then so how did you how did you find these cars? Because because the reason I ask you that is I just told everybody how you and I met at a at kart racing. And I had gotten yeah. into kart racing uh, after being away from motorsports for 18, 19 years, whatever it was. And I had originally looked at an SCCA class. I wanted to race a car because I'd, I'd already done karts. And I kind of felt like I'd be taking a step mm -hmm. backwards. And I had I'd never heard of these cars until you'd brought it up. So Formula FST, uh, the three-minute elevator speech, what the hell are they? Well, I'll try to get it in three minutes. Uh, so... Formula First, or FST, uh, is a class designed uh, for racers, essentially. Um, and it's it's derived off of the Formula V class, with, uh, which has been around for quite some time. And but for somebody that has no idea what you're talking about, they, they don't know they don't know motorsports from, okay. from, from motor works. Yeah, so Formula First cars, uh, they're, they're great beginning uh, steps into an open wheel race car, you get the feeling in the, the visualization and everything. And it's, it's a really great beginning step for somebody that wants to not necessarily even move up to cars, but even start off in racing. Um, they're, they're a ton of fun to drive. Uh, they're not how big, they're, how big, how would you describe the size? The size of the car? Yeah. Well, they're about the, Bodywork. I mean, car. The car is going to vary depending on the chassis and the bodywork and such. But and I don't ask me to quote what the uh, the, Just the wheelbase Just ball, and yeah, ballpark. It. Yeah, it's probably about my car. No, tip and nose cone to tip it. Engine cover is probably about around eleven feet ish. So you get a deep. You know, they're still a small formula car, but they're definitely a lot bigger than a cart. And sure. uh, they they drive a lot different. They drive like a car, obviously. So what's, a, what's um, the weight, average weight? So the minimum weight with the driver in the car as if he's in a race condition would be 1,125 pounds. So probably looking at about 800-ish pounds, 900, somewhere in there. Without, with, uh, without the driver. So pretty light Correct. cars. Yeah. Now, yeah. now you'd mentioned Formula V, which the V stands for Volkswagen. These use uh, you know, your, your classic, what we call a, a – a, a Volkswagen boxer motor or what you would have found in the Beatles or the Carmen Gears of yep. the late sixties, early seventies. What, what are the differences between the V and then the first cars? The two, the two biggest differences would be the engine and the brakes. Uh, so the engine in the first car is 400 more uh, cubic centimeters of displacement. So they're stepping it up from the V's that have the 1200 CC's VW's to the 1600 CC VW. So you're mm -hmm. getting actually quite a bit more power, uh, and I believe they get a little more torque too. Mm -hmm. And uh, the brakes are on the first are four wheel disc brake. Uh, the V's is the drum drum brake system. So the braking is substantially better in the first car than a V. And I've never driven a V. This is this is all knowledge that I've received from talking to guys right. that have raced both. So, um, but yeah, the the technology is improved. Uh, from the V to the first, it, you get a, you get quite a bit more speed uh, and power just with that 400 more CCs on the engine. So, and then so obviously the, the question everybody asks when you when, when you 
when they learn you have a race car, they go, how fast will it go? So I'm going to ask on behalf of everybody out there, even though I already know the answer. <laughs> Logan, how fast will that car go? Uh, usually the first thing I say is depends on the racetrack. Uh, a place like Road America, that's the fastest we go. Uh, that's, a, uh, that's a huge track. You're going over four miles a lap, and there's quite a few long straightaways. So I would say in the draft there, you're probably hitting about 125, 130. Um, so pretty pretty good other- clip of speed about terminal velocity. I always kind of use as my rule of whether something's fast or not. Somebody goes, oh, man, that thing's really fast. It's like if it will go faster on ground than it will if you push it out of the back of an airplane, then it's fast. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think about 120 is about terminal velocity, give or take, depending on air, you know, everything else. Yeah. Without getting too yeah, deep it, into the physics of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's faster than if you threw it out of the back of a plane. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. That, and. and- you know, a lot of people, you know, it, you know, a lot of people are completely ignorant, not only to Formula First, but to racing. And they're, you know, they think because they're a streetcar, they go down the interstate driving 140, 150 irresponsibly. They're like, oh, that's all it goes. And but you got to realize you're sitting two inches off the ground. If that uh, open wheels, exposed cockpit racing wheel to wheel into a corner and these these cars handle pretty well in the corner. There's there's some tracks where you're going over 90 miles an hour in the corner. <laughs> That's pretty cool. We're going to get back to that a little bit. And uh, I was telling everybody about briefly touched on your experience in the Marine Corps. And I'm Logan's going to, or, uh, Aaron's going to tell us a story. And I have a sneaky suspicion that you're going to know uh, of a similar happenstance. So I'm going to go back to setting this up. So what I started to say uh, before we got finally got Logan uh, patched in was um, the story is very funny because I know Aaron and I know everything came out okay. On the other hand, it's very frightening that a grown-ass man uh, can't go out and have a good time without something like this happening to him. That That's a little irritating, but I'm going to choose at this point to ignore that part of it. And uh, Aaron, uh, let's talk about the time you got roofied. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> why, why do I find that so funny? Because oh, I know how it ends, that's why. I, I this is terrible. This. this is awful. This should not happen to a person. <laughs> I'll tell you this, it, it has made me uh, choose a different way that I like to enjoy my beer. I now don't get it from the draft. I make sure that they bring it to me in a bottle um, because, you know, it, it, they open it kind of like right there in front of you. So Yeah, and that but, sucks too because I, I think draft beer is a million times better than bottled beer, but... See, somebody's already yeah. ruined that for you. I'm pissing me off. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, I went to, it was a Friday night, and one of my favorite bands was playing at a uh, establishment. I'll leave that uh, unmentioned. And so uh, I went with my daughter-in-law, and before we left, we did a couple, you know, a couple pre-games, I'd like to say. And uh, now hang on uh, a second here because I can already see the comments. Uh, oh no. without getting into too many details, explain to everybody that your daughter in law lives with you, yeah, that you socialize, and that her husband is away for a little while, which is why the two of you are hanging out together, okay? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all right, very cool. good. For, yeah, to, she's really cool, uh, she's a blast to be around, and uh. So this isn't like a it's her husband. Her husband. Uh, this particular instance wasn't around. So you guys ended up going out and, and seeing the band together. Yes, 
Okay, I, I, oh. I just want to clarify. I can just see the comments coming in now. Like, oh god! Oh, oh no! Go. Yeah, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, hold me back, Steve. <laughs> so anyway, so you're so going anyway, out to see your favorite band. Yeah, we're gonna go out and see my favorite band, and uh, we're supposed to meet some people there, and you know, and hang out, watch a band, a party with them, and you know, have a great night. So, uh, like I said, we. Had a couple pregame beers before we before we left, and everything was fine. Um, uh, called for an Uber because drinking and driving is uh, absolutely not acceptable. So we called for an Uber, and this is uh, should have been the first clue <laughs> that we should have stopped right when we stopped because we got picked up by our Uber driver. The Uber driver's name is Dong. So, <laughs> so you know, everybody loves to be picked up by the Dong, you know? So, anyways. Oh, Aaron, I wouldn't say everybody. <laughs> so I wouldn't say everybody. <laughs> as you can think, I had made every penis joke you could think of in the car while I was there, you know? And uh, I think you couldn't get him to crack, you know? I can't imagine. So, <laughs> So I, and I'm sure you were peppering him with jokes he'd never heard before. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, we uh, we make it to the establishment and we get to head inside, and we meet with the people that we're supposed to hang out with for the evening, and and I ordered uh, I ordered a Jack and Coke and two shots. And a large pizza for the group. And uh, the food came. You know, the, the server brought us our, our drinks. And uh, I said that was, I had, like I said, two beers before we left. And then, you know, I drank the shot of, of uh, I think it was Vanilla Crown, which is in incredible. And then. Um, if you're a cheerleader. <laughs> well, I'm oh, sorry, I couldn't help myself. They at, least it wasn't an, at least you weren't drinking an angry orchard, right? I, I mean, I, I I looked for purple passion on the on the menu, but I didn't see it. <laughs> so, 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 anyways, I uh, had the shot of vanilla crown. I drank the Jack and Coke, and uh, one of the people that we were with, they poured me a, a shot out of their flask. And that should have been uh, the no-no, but that should have been yeah. There, there there's, there, there's a red flag. <laughs> so, so uh, about ten minutes later, and like I said, that was all I had to drink, and I can, you know, I can handle some alcohol. Uh, and uh, as long as you know, as long as it's the fruity drinks and the you know the little umbrellas <laughs> and that, you know, I'm I'm a tough guy then. But but anyways, my man. Um, so about 15 minutes after that, man, I don't feel so good. I, I'm kind of like things are, things are starting to spin. I'm kind of, you know, I'm hanging on. I'm, you know, looking for somebody to light a candle. So I got something to focus on and keep the spins from happening. And uh, <laughs> I head on into the bathroom. I'm like, oh, man, I don't feel so good. I'll be back. So uh, the band played on. <laughs> I could hear them. <laughs> I couldn't see them from the bathroom, but I could hear them. So uh, they played for quite a while. Apparently, I was in there for a very long time and just 
sick out what's of my your, mind. I, what's your best guess at how long you were actually in the bathroom? Oh, I bet I was in there two hours. Well, <laughs> uh, and, and nobody uh, comes looking for you. Well, they, they were they were looking for me, but uh, they were kind of stopped and taken back before their entry by the people coming out going, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll give you the time frame that I was in there. So I wore a shirt and pants and socks and, of course, underwear. So that's five articles of clothing. And we'll say shoes. and shoes, right? Oh, yeah, and shoes. Okay. And uh, I would say probably every 30 minutes or so, I apparently lost an article of clothing. <laughs> so, so I was in there quite a while, and uh, they were stopped because everybody kept asking, are you with the naked guy in the bathroom? <laughs> so finally... Finally, my daughter-in-law comes up and she's like, is there a guy in there? And they're like, uh, yeah, he's naked in the stall and he's uh, very, very sick. Uh, oh, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> that's who we're looking for. Bingo. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it was uh, apparently I don't get drunk. I get awesome. Because <laughs> apparently I was still hitting on women while I was wearing mostly puke and no clothes. <laughs> so, you, so, do you really think you got roofied, or do you think maybe a little food poisoning or something? That just—I mean, roofied—I've never been roofied. No, I have zero experience with that, so I'm just going by, you know, I guess what you hear or see in the media. I mean, it, it sound, I mean, that sounds like that's a roofie somebody and they just you know pass out and zonk out i mean we, if, if you're power vomiting naked which i understand when you're throwing up you get hot i mean you gotta you gotta maintain core you know you can't have your core get too hot but well, beings that everybody else ate the food and drank except for i was the only one that drank out of the flask i'm pretty sure that's so somebody brought happened. a flask that they that's man that's wild that's 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 a little frightening, man. I just I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on the fence here. Not that not that I don't uh, think he got sick. I'm just on the fence as to where I think that was a roofie, or maybe that was could have just been something you ate earlier in the day. Maybe that just because food poisoning takes a little time to set in. Yeah, negative. I don't know. I don't know, TJ. The the whole flask thing has me uh, that, wondering it. Yeah, that's that's that is certainly like a hey, wait a minute. You know, there there was certainly this an opportunity there. I mean, have you have you ever had food poisoning, Logan? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't pick a day and time for you, but I, I, I know for a fact I've definitely had it before. Actually, I can tell you, I did get food poisoning at a waffle house one time. Oh, that was shocking. Horrible. Shocking. Hard to yeah, believe. I, know. <laughs> I, I had it coming the moment I walked in the door. So, so was this a, so, did this start off as a sober experience or was there drinking involved, Logan? Um, you know, I don't remember. No, I was kidding. Uh, I would. I think it was all sober. Actually, it was uh, in the middle of the week, so we were. Uh, it was while I was in the military, and we, I was working night shift. And a lot of times, our tradition was if we had a bad night or we were there till three or four in the morning or whatever, we usually all pile into cars and go to a Waffle House. And uh, we went to a Waffle House closer to base, and uh, which we normally went to the one further away, but. This one, I don't know, man. Something got to me because <laughs> the next day I was just sicker than it was. It was pretty miserable. So, so how does that work in the military? I mean, like, 
we, you know, civilian, you get sick, you pick the phone up, hey, boss, I'm sick, I'm, I'm not going to make it in, I'll see you tomorrow. How does that work in the military? I mean, it's it's kind of the same way, but you catch a lot more scrutiny for sure. <laughs> uh, a lot of times you don't want to hear it, so you just kind of bustle through it. Right, right. Um, if, if you have to call in sick, you can't just pick up the phone. You have to actually go to medical and have a have a Navy doctor or, right. or, you know, Marine Corps, you know, the Navy takes care of us. But sure, sure. if you're in the army, the army has their own medical corps, I believe. But uh, you have to have a doctor, you know, sign a sick note like you're in elementary school. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So this is, uh, this is weird because uh, I just jumped on the TikTok banging wagon, I don't know, a month or so ago. And somehow or another, uh, I'm getting all these feeds from boot camp. And these are videos made by drill instructors showing recruits coming in and they tend to be mostly Marine Corps. I, have you ever, have you seen any of that stuff like on YouTube or anything, Logan, any, any of it bring like, like flashbacks or. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I went to uh, Marine Corps recruit depot in San Diego. So especially if I see, you know, receiving of recruits in San Diego, I can right. recall uh, the different doors and cubicles <laughs> and all that, that I've re- I had to run through. But I mean, to be honest, a lot of it was a blur. I mean, especially the first couple nights, because you don't sleep for the first roughly forty-eight hours. And, is that just because uh, of all the stuff that you're doing, or is just yeah, the yeah. shock of new surroundings? I think it's a little. It's a lot of all of that. I mean, you're you're basically fed a fire hose of stuff you have to do, and they, you know, as soon as you get there, you get off the bus, and you're getting screamed at from the get-go, right? And then right. You're getting funneled through, and then they're checking for contraband. Uh, and then, you know, then you start getting some stuff issued to you. And then you, once you get your uniform issued to you, you, you say goodbye to your civilian clothes until the end. And, (laughs) uh, then they shave your head. And so you say goodbye to your hair and, uh, yeah. And then you just got a lot of paperwork to fill out and then you got to go to medical and get a lot of vaccines and all sorts of stuff. So that you pretty much go through a line. Um, it's all over YouTube. You're kind of, you're kind of wondering out on me there. what boot camp you went. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it, it's kind of all over YouTube. Have I you seen any of those videos? No, I was actually wondering uh, what what boot camp you went through with your. Uh, I went through the St. Baldrick's Pediatric <laughs> Cancer <laughs> Fundraiser program. Hey, hey oh, speaking awesome. of That's hairstyles, Aaron, I saw a picture of you <laughs> with a slick back mullet. Oh yeah, that was 1993 on Daytona Beach, man. The, the that was not only just a mullet, that was the over the top, ultra cool mullet with a tail. <laughs> Damn, son. Now, now you said you mentioned when you get you don't get drunk, you get awesome. Do you do you picture having that once you're you know getting awesome at the bar? Um, negative. That will never happen again. Uh, <laughs> the reason for that is because if you're you're a mechanic and uh, you know, I mean. Logan, TJ, you probably rolled around on some creepers working on your cars. You've never <laughs> lived until you've had your hair rolled up in a oh. creeper wheel. Oh. You try and move and stand up and the creepers hanging from your hair. That's when oh, you decide you're done. No. Yeah. You, you got this thing on you. Oh, I'm, I'm just visualizing you're under like a, 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 a truck or something that you can't, you know, you can't sit up on. Oh, your hair is trapped and you can't move. Oh, <laughs> it's awful. Yep. Oh, no more moments. Man. No. TJ, can you I'm imagine? Gonna... Can, 
Can you imagine having long hair like that and getting it trapped under the belts in your race car? It's funny. I'm trying to think back because I, I used to have real long hair uh, right out of high school and for the probably the next seven or eight years after that. I'm trying to remember because I went through a couple of driving schools, Skip Barber, which are uh, – we were driving Formula Ford cars. I'm trying to remember if I had I, – I don't remember. I don't remember. I'll have to go back and look huh. at the pictures. I don't know. But, yeah, that, it's, that was always one of those things that uh, – in in go karts, it's a big deal if your hair is hanging on the back because you're only oh, you're sure. literally the, the top of the seat's only about uh, eight or seven or eight inches above the the rear axle. So yeah, that's a big deal yeah. if your hair gets wrapped around one of those, your head's coming off. Yeah, that might hurt a little bit. So. Yeah, that would probably that would leave a mark. I'm thinking, <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking axle too. Yeah, yeah, no shit, that's expensive. But Aaron, I, I think what I'm, I'm, I'm for Christmas, I'm going to get you one of those hats that has the hair attached to it. <laughs> All so right, you can the Brad Michael special. <laughs> yeah, you got to get, get 1993 embroidered on the front of it, TJ. <laughs> I, awesome, 1993, Mister Awesome. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's the hat with the brim with the two thumbs going up. You know that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that happen. <laughs> well, anyway, what, what I'd started, what was killing me though, is or killing me. What, what I was finding very entertaining about all those those guys that were uh, that were in receiving there, the recruit is, you could just tell that the look in everybody's eyes, they were absolutely frazzled. Uh, stick out your left arm, and there's there, you knew it was coming. There's the one dude that was going to hold his right arm out, and of course, <laughs> of course, the drone starts just pounce on him, and you can see this look on his face. Right as he does, he's like, "Oh shit, I shouldn't have done that." I, did, I, I can't imagine what that would be like. And you, would you say about 48 hours before you really have your bearings squared away where you know what's going on? Well, you don't really get your bearings squared away until about, you know, a few weeks in at, at best. <laughs> and uh, it's not by your own choice. So mm-hmm. uh, they, they tend to they make you into a well-oiled machine and everything becomes natural. And I would say life gets easier in boot camp because you get used to it. But it's right. it's not because it actually gets easier. You're just getting used to it, and it becomes <laughs> like a normal normal sense of your everyday. And I actually uh, I actually broke my leg in boot camp, my fibula. Oh shit! And uh, I trained on it for like about five weeks, I think. And you know, it's oh, not a God. completely weight bearing bone. And I just thought it was a really bad ankle sprain because it was so low on my leg. Right, right. And finally, I just couldn't I couldn't handle it anymore, and I still thinking it was an ankle sprain. I was like, all right, we're going to go to medical. I'm going to get a brace, be put on light duty for like three days because I haven't been able to get off my feet. So it should heal and we'll be all squared away. Well, no, they, you know, they, I was confident it was an ankle sprain, but they they were checking it out and he barely pressed in one single point of pressure and right on top of the, the injured bone. And right, right. he's like, all right, we got to get you to an x-ray. Uh, and they were looking at the x-ray and they were telling me that I was probably about a week away from having to get surgery. So oh, uh, luckily yeah, they were that. off. Yeah. Yeah. I know with your, your hockey injury and stuff, <laughs> but Logan, uh, this, yeah. This, I mean, oh, sorry. This didn't happen yeah. from like the, one of them videos of the, you know, the people putting the bars of soap in a sock. Did it? I don't think so. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that no, would I, be I, one honestly, hell of a bar of soap. that break a bone. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some bruises, but you know, to break a bone, like, there's something else in there, but uh, I, I I honestly couldn't tell you what happened. I, I if I had to guess, it, it had to have been a stress fracture because my ankle before before the uh, 
excruciating pain came. But it was it was sore, but it was not like it was super irritating. And I was like, okay, well maybe maybe I'm just not used to this level of high intensity training. And because you can't really prepare for you can do your best to prepare for boot camp, but you can't hundred percent prepare for it. And um, we were on a three mile run, timed three mile run, and I ran it in I think. 20 minutes and 20 seconds flat. Nice. And uh, wow. I was pretty happy with that. And uh, I get across the finish line. And as soon as I stopped running, I just excruciating pain went firing up my leg and I about fell over because it hurt so bad. And, um, you know, I didn't want to say anything because my, my biggest fear going into boot camp was getting dropped. Right. And uh, right. so I didn't say anything. And it was probably obvious, but, you know, uh, I was trying to hide my limp and, we went up to just a few days later, we went up to uh, camp Pendleton to do our field and weapons training. And that was about four weeks up there. Um, and that's where we're doing all the mountain hikes, staying out in the field, oh, doing all the weapons training, <laughs> all that. Really. So it's perfect timing. No and, uh, I made it, I made it through it. And, uh, I don't know how I did, but later on when they did do the x-ray, they, uh, they told me that it was obviously trying to reheal, but it kept rebreaking because right. it was calcifying oh around. Yeah. And uh, they were impressed. Oh, if you can see the face I'm making right now, <laughs> I'm back oh. here too. <laughs> oh. Well, you know that's that's just that sheer determination that I I wanted nothing but that title, Marine, and I mean I sure did get it. And once you know I did get dropped, and then in the process of healing uh, near the end of healing with my leg, I caught pneumonia. So I had to heal through that. Gee, and then, uh, Christmas. Yeah, I was, I was dropped on, I think training day 48 for 11 weeks wow. in total. Oh, so healed quick, but so other than um, broken bones and having your, your lungs filled with fluid, how was your experience at boot camp? Logan? <laughs> that sounds beautiful. <laughs> sounds, um, sounds like more fun than a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, it, it definitely is challenging. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. I, I have no other words to describe it other than it's just an experience that, you know, well, I was going to ask you what, what, get, so. what, what you found to be the most challenging, but I, I think you may have just answered that. I mean, is, is there anything else that jumps out at you is thought, man, this was the one thing that really gave me the most issue. But I mean, was there anything other than um, that? Like, I can't imagine what would be worse than that. Are you talking about like on a physical sense or like, Either physical, uh, mental. mental, whatever. Um, I think I think for me in my situation and other recruits that got dropped for uh, medical reasons, uh, they often describe because I had to go do a medical rehabilitation platoon, right? Uh, MR or MRP, and they often describe that being the death of a recruit, not a literal in the literal sense, right. but in terms of like morale and motivation. Right. And if they notice that decrease the morale for a period of time, they can actually process you out uh, because, you know, not only is it having that physical strength, but it's having that mental strength to push through right? Uh, because the Marine Corps wants nothing but the best. So for me, the hardest part was staying motivated when I was around a bunch of guys that were not. Um, <laughs> and I caught a yeah, lot of flack for it, but I just, you know, some guys, they were real difficult to be around, but I just figured, hey, this is only temporary. Let's just keep staying motivated. I'll baby my leg to get out of here quicker. Um, and that's what I did. I, I would and imagine I that would out. be pretty devastating, especially to be that deep in. You have all these guys that you, that you kind of started the process with. And yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that's a pretty strong bond. Even within the military, that's gotta be a super strong bonding experience to go through boot camp. And then oh, all yeah. of a sudden you're not there anymore later. 
Yeah. yeah. They all go off and do their thing and you're doing something different. When I finally did pick up, pick back up the training, I picked up where I left off. So I had three weeks to go until graduation. Oh man. I'm jumping into this platoon that has been bonded Right through the whole entire process, and you're um, the FNG, you know, the red, the redheaded <laughs> stepchild coming in, and yeah, you know that was also real difficult, uh, kind of similar circumstance and dealing with difficult people. But uh, again, it was like, okay, Logan, this is temporary. You just got to get through these three weeks, and you're out of here. And wow. I, I remember uh, when I finally was handed the Eagle Globe and anchor and earned the title Marine. It was very emotional. Just because, you know, not only from earning the title Marine, but the, the experience that I had to go through to get it. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, you certainly had it. it a lot tougher than most, it sounds like, just that, oh, yeah. going through the injury stuff and all that. Yeah. Oh, and, that's and badass, man. You, I, I never heard that story. I mean, I've known you a couple of years now, Logan. I never heard that story. Oh, it's yeah. Really cool, man. Thank, I appreciate you yeah. sharing that, man. Yeah, and something, something with that, you know, a lot of people don't know that story, and maybe I should share that story more often because – I take that determination and perseverance and I've moved it over to my racing career and um, yeah, racing's not paying the bills yet. Maybe it will. No, racing bills, creates but... bills. <laughs> yeah. No. It creates so, lots of bills. It doesn't pay one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. But you know, I've had, I've had my fair share of issues, especially jumping in, into a new class and series and car and, I, it seems that I've finally gotten things ironed out and I've had some successes from that and yeah, uh, just not giving up. So off to a good start, man. We're, we're, we're going to try and continue on there uh, here this weekend for sure. I'm hey, Logan, can I, I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Say no. Jeez. Say no. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it depends on the question, Aaron. So first off, I want to thank you for your service. That's, that's oh, thanks, really man. awesome. And, and second off, TJ showed me a picture of you, uh, uh, last week or two weeks ago when we did this of you driving and wiping your helmet with a rag at the <laughs> same time. It wasn't a rag. It was my nice new neon Brand yellow gloves. gloves. Oh, right on. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you, do you want, we got time yeah, to go ahead. that. Go ahead. You want to hear it? Okay. Go ahead. I did. So, our last race weekend, uh, about three weeks ago, was at Nelson Ledges Road Course, southeast of Cleveland, Ohio. And there's this guy in our series. Uh, I won't mention any names, but he's not very well known for taking care of his car or, you know, race prep. Like race prep is everything. I mean, if you if you're not doing the race prep, you, you better you better not count on a successful weekend at the track. And when, he's when the you kind say of guy race prep, that. Just- let, let me interject here real quick for, for people that are out yeah. there. I have no idea what we're talking about. We're talking about race prep. We're talking about all the stuff you do to your car, to your equipment, all that stuff to the to the days and weeks leading up to the race so that when you get yeah. to the racetrack on a race weekend, everything's ready to go, and you're not thrashing right. trying to fix stuff. You know, you're, you're checking. You, ideally, when, when you pull up the racetrack, if, you're, if everything's done properly and you have no problems, you pull the car off the track, check the water, check the oil, put some fuel in it, fire it up and off you go. And you're not really having to do a whole lot. But so when we talk about race prep, that that's kind of what that means. Yeah. TJ, you hit it on the head. And something that I do is even if I know that there's nothing that needs, you know, replaced or tweaking or adjusting, I, I go through the whole car with a a rent wrench and socket and I check every single nut and bolt. And when I'm at the track after every session, I do a abbreviated, um, nut and bolt check but at home i will check every single nut and bolt on that race car 
And I not only do that, I also go through with the rag and some cleaner and just clean the car because that gives not only an opportunity for the car to look great, but it gives me an opportunity to visually look over every inch of the car because that's when you find things. And it's the little things that create the bigger picture. And um, this guy, he, he'll, he, you know, he doesn't really take care of the car. He rolls it in the trailer. And then the next time it comes out, the trailer is at the next race weekend. And, uh, you know, a, a big frustration with a lot of us is this guy had a known oil issue with leaking oil. Uh-oh. I think we lost Uh-oh. Logan. Can you guys hear did me? we lose you? Yeah, somebody was calling. Yeah, ah, I can't. Uh, yeah, we, we lost you there for a second. Where, where did, where, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, you were just starting to talk about how uh, how the car that how that car that was the issue was having some problems earlier in the day. Yeah, with the oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. So not only that weekend, but the weekends prior, you know, he's been having the same issue and quote unquote fixed it. Well, we get out on track, and uh, I think it was Saturday morning. Somebody else was behind him and was extremely frustrated with the amount of oil that it left on his car. And I qualified ahead of him by one spot. I was like, okay, this is great. But, you know, I'm on the inside of row two and he's on the outside of row two, the oil guy. And I was like, oh, no, like I can't let him buy me. (laughs) Well, he did get by me. Okay, whatever. And uh, I remember going through a a very high speed left hand turn uh, sweeper. And it was, I, I kid you not, guys, I, I mean, no exaggeration. It was like somebody had a garden hose on shower right in front of me and just oil. And it, it, every time I was behind them during that section, especially that section of the track, I tried to keep it to the inside. But no matter how, how hard I tried, at some point I tracked out behind him again. But um, I had, knowing that he was leaking oil going into the race, I put five tear-offs on my helmet. Normally I have two or three. And I ran out of tear offs. I get down to the last one, but it's on so tight I can't get it off. And my gloves are coated in oil. So every time I try to grab the pigtail or the tear off, it would just slip. My hand would slip off of it. I couldn't gra- get enough dexterity to grab it. And uh, I was like getting super frustrated. So finally, I just, in, in the photo, <laughs> I finally was just taking my glove and wiping my visor. But every time I wiped it, it just made it worse because it just smeared it. And all I was looking at was blurry colors, essentially. And uh, yeah, I should have kept wiping, but I, I still kept trying to get that tear off off. And I ended up getting around him. I passed him and uh, finished in third and I was super ecstatic, you know, back-to-back podium finishes. And I come in and for those that aren't into racing, if you finish in the top three, you have to go to what's called impound. And that's where they'll actually weigh your car to to make sure you meet that minimum weight, the 1125 pounds. And then they can look at anything they want to look, look at. So they can check the the track of the car, which is the width of the tires uh, and, and so forth. But I roll up to impound and he w- was waving me to keep going. I was like, I stopped and I held up my hand with a three and he's like shaking his head. No. So I'm, I'm hot at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I'm mad. I roll back up to my trailer. I get out of the car. Don't, don't even take off any race gear. I walk right over to the tech garage and I was like, you know, I need to talk to timing and scoring. I have no idea what happened. And I finished hundreds of yards in front of this guy and uh the lady was she ducked her head in her hands was like don't let me see you without your car like go hurry up and get it so i go get the car and i roll up to get weighed and 
uh, one of our other guys he, who finished second, he came running out. He's like, hey, so what's going on is they say you passed under a yellow flag on the last lap in turn one. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I didn't see the flag. I mean, not only was it from the oil standpoint, just not being able to see much, uh, I was right behind him going down the front straightaway. And I'm not looking around for a flag when I'm inches away from his rear wheels. So he also slowed excessively. And again, I was trying to make sure I didn't run up over the back wheels on his car. And uh, I passed him, but still didn't know there was a yellow flag at, at this point. Didn't even see the car sitting off in the grass in the weeds just because the amount of oil was smeared all over my visor. And I'm not making excuses like that. That was on me still. still my mistake, but it happens to everybody. Um, but essentially, you know, that's, that's what happened. And, uh, the thing that irritated me was, is the guy that I passed under the yellow flag, uh, area on the track, he, he drove straight to the first Marshall stand and tried to make a big scene of it. And then, uh, rolled in and was talking to the stewards right on pit road. Uh, so, and knew that he had the oil leak issue, which he should have been black flagged for mechanical issues earlier on in the race. So, TJ. TJ, yes. what does the black flag mean? Not the band. Get your ass off the flag. racetrack. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, if you get the black flag, you better get off the racetrack the next time you're on approach to pit lane. And they actually have a, a black flag box uh, somewhere on pit road. And the if penalty box. The, the flag, sin yeah. bin. Oh. Yeah. I bet <laughs> you there. go down there, you <laughs> shut the car off, and then you wait to get you know, notified of what the issue is. And uh, black flag isn't always bad. It, you know, mechanical issues happen. It's they'll let you know what's going on. But uh, but if you get a black flag, you better go in and and uh, find out what's going on. So right on. Well, boys, it's coming up on about fifty five minutes. I, th I think we've given these folks uh, their money's worth for sure. Uh, Aaron, you got anything you'd like to to wrap things up with? Uh, how about let's say. Uh... Oh, man, there's so much going on. Uh, let's see. How about social medias? Logan, where can people uh -huh. find you on social media? So my social media, uh, <clears throat> I'm working on actually improving, but I'm on Facebook uh, with Logan Miller Motorsport and then Instagram as well, which also needs improved, but uh, Logan Miller Motorsport there too. So, Hey, Aaron, how about yourself? Well, if you would like to see a guy wearing uh, multiple different jerseys <laughs> every Saturday, uh, playing with a bunch Which of kids. Which I think is and, everybody's dream. Yeah. Well, you can find me at <laughs> MXRacer125. Uh, just look for the guy that's falling down on the ice constantly. And that's what, on TikTok? <laughs> yeah, on TikTok. Right on. Well, I've got my 75 accounts. You can catch me and the missus as we do some fun midlife stuff at Adventures Midlife. You can also check out my hockey page at Midlife Hockey. This is all on uh, in Instagram. Midlife Karting Crisis. We do the racing stuff on that. And then on TikTok, that's the new one. Uh, that one is, I'm, I'm still working. I'm not real great at it yet. <laughs> that was it, kind of making some noise there. But you can find me there, Beer League Hockey Guy, on that. And uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff. And you can link from there. You can A lot of these links are already on my website, tjhollingsworth.com. You can catch my Amazon link there. Uh, I'll be posting a tour of the mobile production studio from mid Ohio. Once I get up there and get everything all spread out, get there, the rig all opened up. I'd promise that. And there's some race car stuff on there too, but fellas, as always a pleasure, Logan, thanks for joining us. We'll have to make this yeah, kind absolutely. of a regular thanks thing. If me. that's all right, no worries at all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
other than that, friends, stay active, stay healthy, keep your body moving around. Don't be afraid of this COVID crap. Keep good, take good care of your body, drink your water, eat your vitamins, say your prayers, and everything's going to be just fine. Thanks for everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>